Also in the fold, joining us on the line right now is the voice of the Green Bay Packers. It's Wayne Larvey. Hey, Wayne. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing well. Happy Monday to you. Yeah. You get a little road trip to take uh, out to the nation's capital this weekend. Going back to uh, last week's game, I just mentioned before, it, just, it looked like a typical preseason game to me. Unfortunately, there are injuries to talk about. But it looked like a team in the Packers that, well, they really hadn't tackled anybody hard to the ground since January. That's kind of what it looked like to me. I'd agree, yeah. Um, you know, it, and I think it takes that's why you play these preseason games and why you get your defensive people out there for more than a couple of series because they have to hit and tackle, and, and that's something they can't do in camp right now, the way that the whole thing is set up in terms of the collective bargaining agreement. So, And this is a good tackling team. And I understand the Packers were third in the league in fewest missed tackles per game, just over seven per game. That was third best in the league a year ago. So you know they're going to tackle a lot better than they did the other night. Yeah, one thing I was hoping to watch, Wayne, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, is very curious to watch how the running back situation played out. You know, I think during camp we're up there at practice and you know we see what they're doing in pass protection and, and who might have some decent hands. But I, it's tough with running backs in practice because of what we just talked about. There's no real tackling going on. And it didn't really get a good feel for anything. Uh, during that uh, preseason opener, I, I, the running back position. If you ask me about it prior to the game and after the game, I, I don't really have. I don't have anything, right? I mean, we got a few weeks to, I guess, get it figured out. Well, they they um, ran eighteen times. Um, you know, that's not a whole lot. And what two, four, six, eight, eight guys ran the football. So, and the most carries was uh, Jamal Williams with four. So you really didn't get a a real uh, uh, feel for it. I, I don't think as to how it's going to fit. The thing about the preseason game, Greg, is that the Packers are just putting things into place. So, you know, it's not like like I have a good friend of mine uh, at the gym today comes up and he's a big Eagles fan. He says, oh, Carson Wentz looked good. And, and what do you think about this and the Eagles? But they still don't have any quarterback. Nobody's got anything right now. They're not, they're not putting a whole game out there for you to see. They're putting pieces together here and there. They're repping one thing one week and they'll – emphasize something else the next week and they're learning how to tackle again and all this stuff is going on but i wouldn't put a whole lot into these preseason games yeah and they're not game planning for one another and things like that i I guess i always temper my excitement when you know a player pops but i mean that that's real stuff i mean it does happen and i try and cool my expectations when things maybe don't go so well the one exception i usually have is is in the return game and when a guy goes out and, and makes a couple of guys miss and returns a, a very good punt over 60 yards for a touchdown, showing his elusiveness, that really popped off the tape to me. What Trevor Davis did, Wayne, I, I think was you know not unlike what Desmond Howard did toward the end of his training camp back in the mid-90s. I mean, this was an electrifying performance, but I don't think you could say, well, it's a preseason game. I, that was real. That was good stuff. Oh, it was great stuff, and it's not surprising because Trevor has probably been there uh, most consistent punt returner in camp. And, you know, I thought he looked really good. And, you know, the thing about Trevor is it's not only the return game, which he desperately wants that job. Uh, he really wants the job. And But I think he looks so much better as a receiver. Now, you didn't see that in the game the other night because they played 100 guys. But, um, you know, he's really come a long way as a receiver. This is a kid who's like so many players uh, in this league, that second year, the difference from rookie to second year is just huge, and he seems to be one of those guys. Well, one thing that we noticed, I think, in watching that game the other night was was some of the depth at that wide receiver position. It's not uncommon to see in Green Bay, but 
Does it look like, and I know it's early, Wayne, but it, does it look like a, another season where Packers maybe keep seven receivers? It's not common in the NFL, but it was uncommon last year when the Packers did it. Yeah, I don't see how they don't keep seven, to be honest with you, Greg. I think they have that kind of talent at the position. I think they'll go with three tight ends. Uh, they may carry two fullbacks. Uh, it'll remain to be seen. Um, and you know they're going to probably carry at least four running backs, the three rookies and Ty Montgomery. So um, that's kind of how the – that's what I'm looking at it for a breakdown. They may only go with two quarterbacks this time around, but uh, they've got a lot of talent at wide receiver, and I think that's uh, where you know your strength is on offense. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joining us on Sports Central, presented by Miller Lite. Next game for the Packers will be Saturday in the nation's capital against the Washington Redskins. So nice to see a win, but I never like to see the number of injuries the Packers had, Wayne. That's always concerning to me in preseason. Multiple guys carted off the field. That's terrible. We'll probably learn more from Mike McCarthy tomorrow in terms of a timeline. But, you know, you're losing a backup offensive lineman and Don Barclay, and apparently it wasn't as serious an ankle injury as they thought, so maybe you dodge a bullet there. I always get nervous about concussion protocol when that, whenever that's thrown around. And Demarius Randall and Malachi Dupree, the wide receiver, both in concussion protocol. I, that was the one takeaway from the, the game the other night that, that was really sour for me. Yeah, and that's one of the key factors. You know, maybe your, your goals in preseason games are to get a look at the young guys so you can make a judgment on if they can help you or not. And the other factor is try to stay clean from an injury standpoint, and that is a close second in terms of your goal in a preseason game. So, you know, Greg, it's, it's, it's a real fine line you walk. You've got to get these guys out there. They have to hit. Uh, you can only condition a certain amount. Football shape is a whole different ball game. These guys come to camp. They're, they're in top condition physically, but they're not in football condition in terms of hitting. You have to do that. You have to do a certain amount of that. And sometimes you get injuries when that happens, especially early on in the process. Hopefully nobody out for the season, and and hopefully uh, they'll get these guys back before the start of the regular campaign. Wayne, is there a position on defense that, that you're paying a little bit closer attention to than maybe another? Oh, yeah, the uh, cornerback spot. I definitely want to see how that plays out. I think they've got some interesting um, situations there. Uh, Devon House did not play this week. He'll play probably in Washington. Um, you know, Kevin King, is. it's been an education for him. I thought he was a little sharper in the ball game, uh, but missed a tackle, uh, what turned into a touchdown. Um, you know, Quentin Rollins has been their best cornerback. And, um, you know, I, I, that's the part I'm watching. I'm also looking at, at what they're doing with their safeties and how they're going to employ, um, you know, their new safety, number 27, and that Josh Jones, because he's a kid who has explosive talent, and I know Morgan Burnett's going to start, and Morgan's going to do all the things he does. And he, I thought he looked really good in that game, uh, the little bit he played against Philadelphia. But this Josh Jones kid, he can take it to another level, and, and I can't wait to see how they employ him in terms of blitzing off that uh, second level. Yeah, I was at practice the other day watching the defensive backs work, and, and I, I noticed it was kind of a thin group, and then I realized all the safeties were with the linebackers. I mean, that, might, that gives you an indication yeah. where they're going to be playing this season. Yeah, those guys have to play on two levels, those safeties, and they do, and they do it really well, and uh, they have great depth. You know, you mentioned the wide receiver depth. They have very good depth at safety on this football team, and that bodes well for the way you have to play defense in the NFL today. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. I want to see how that secondary comes around. Uh, You know, if Clay Matthews and Nick Perry stay healthy, and that's a huge if, I understand that. But if they do, they'll have enough pass rush, and then uh, they'll mix and match. And up front, I... I really think two of the more improved second-year players are uh, 
you know, uh, Kenny uh, Clark and, and Dean Lowry. Those are two guys who've really stepped to the next level, it looks like, in the mini camps and the OTAs and, and training camp. And I thought in the game they showed up as well. Yeah, I think that's a, kind of an interesting rotation on that interior portion of the line. I, I'm i not sure about the outside linebacker position, though, Wayne. If I'm being candid, you mentioned kind of the elephant in the room, staying healthy for Nick Perry yeah. and Clay Matthews. But after that, I know you know making a jump from one year to the next is, is something you like to see, but Kyler Fackrell hasn't proven anything yet. He's got a lot of work to do, I would think. And J. Ron Elliott, they just didn't really count on in that position last year. And then, of course, Vince Beagle is, is injured, and he's also a rookie. So I get a little, little nervous or a little you know, questioning what's behind Clay Matthews and Nick Perry with the understanding that in years past, whoever those players have been, have been counted on. Yeah, with good reason. I think the best of the backup players – at outside linebacker has been J. Ron Elliott through the practices and into the game this past week. Um, you're right about Vince Beagle. You wonder how much – see, he and Montrevious Adams were both going to be counted on Adams, a third-round draft choice in the defensive line. You know, you were hoping both could contribute early on. When, they're, when rookies miss these weeks, okay, it's one thing for a veteran to miss early training camp. A rookie misses early training camp, and you're basically talking about a redshirt year. Hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully these guys will be able to help this football team this year and early this year. But um, missing this time in camp is invaluable. You can't replace that. And welcome back, Brett Good. Yeah. Well, I tell you. Why um, just keep him on the roster, right? I mean, just sign him. You know he's the guy. He's always going to be the guy. And unless he decides to retire, just stick with what works. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things where they're always trying to upgrade that position and in the end, he's one of these guys you just can't upgrade. You know what I mean? He, he he delivers that snap on the money every time, and they'd like to get a younger guy who's maybe a few bucks cheaper, who is, is more athletic and can go down and, and, and be a, more of a factor in coverage on punts and kicks. But you know what? In the end, the number one thing with that position, get the snap to the holder, get the snap to the punter, get it there on time and on the money. Yeah, I, rarely is the dynamic of you know snapper, holder, and kicker discussed more than it is in Green Bay. But <laughs> I, I guess you go back to family night, and the ultimate thinking was, well, odds are that wasn't a bad Mason Crosby night. Just something is wrong with the dynamic. And then the punter goes out and has himself a pretty darn good game in preseason game number one. So I don't know if it's by default or if they found something here, but now there's competition at the long snapper position. Yeah, um, and, you know, even on family night, Greg, uh, doing that telecast and watching it fairly closely, I didn't see anything untoward uh, with the snaps. But, you know, hey, hey, listen, again, there's so much that goes into it, so many little things, the timing and everything else. Uh, I don't pretend to know about that stuff. But um, to me, it looked clean. In, in other words, the snap didn't fly over the holder's head and that side of thing. But, again, it's such a precise thing with that field goal unit. And, um, you know, Brett Good is the guy they're very comfortable with, and I would say right now he's the favorite to retain his job. You're going to have to put the pressure on your spotter, Wayne, have him tell you if the laces are out or if they're facing the kicker when they come off the snap. Yeah, I did notice that Vogel had to turn the, the football a little bit to get the laces out, but, uh, you know, Justin Vogel is a guy, you mentioned him, and this is a guy who is just a rookie, undrafted. Um, Greg, I think he's got an excellent leg, and, boy, he did a lot of the Aussie kicks the other night and placed five inside the 20. Uh, he gets great height into his kicks. Now, there's the occasional scud missile. Uh, I guess you expect that on a rookie going through this for the first time. 
if he can kind of smooth that out, I think this is his job. Yeah, the first punt, if I recall, was kind of that scud missile out of the group, but I, I miss the days where the punter was kind of a weapon. It, it, it's just not a position you can overlook here. And at a time, Tim Mastey was a weapon, and then I don't, I don't know what happened. It just something didn't work. Uh, and then last year, I don't really think they got any better than Mastey with Jacob Shum. So I, to me, it looks like they've they gotten a little better, even though they got younger at the position. Yeah, I think this kid, you know, again, the leverage he gets into it, and we were getting him, uh, clocking him at about four, five, four, seven hang times on a couple of those punts. So, um, you know, I, I think this kid, he's worth a long look. I noticed him early in training camp. I thought he looked, uh, you know, like he has the kind of potential you want in that position. And it'll be a matter of can he smooth his game out, uh, especially under pressure in these preseason games. He's going to get an opportunity to kick. And, you know, I, again, there's not another punter in camp. But he's when you're talking about these specialists, they're punting against the rest of the league. Packers voice of Wayne Larvey. He'll be headed off to the nation's capital this weekend. Packers back on the practice field tomorrow as they gear up for preseason game number two. Wayne, I uh, do appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll see you in Green Bay sometime this week. See you this week, Greg. Take care. Thank right. you.